All right, so the new numbers are out. This month's inflation numbers coming out this morning. And overall, I guess the big takeaway is headed in the right direction. The annual rate of inflation slowed to 7% in August. Okay, so that's year over year. So August of this year compared to August of last year, prices are up 7%, which is a lot, no question about it. But it's... 7.6 in July and higher than that prior to that. So they're continuing to come down. If you take gas prices out, they were 22% higher August over August. Take them out of the equation and uh, our inflation drops even further. So, um, and there's other indicators that are going down as well. So I think the big takeaway here is headed in the right direction. But now the discussion means are we through it? Is it over? What does the bank do? There's a whole bunch of different things, and there's a bunch of different factors that go into that. So we're going to chat with Steve Ambler, who is a professor of economics at the University of Quebec in Montreal, and the David Dodge Chair in Monetary Policy at the C.D. Howe Institute. Steve, thank you for joining us once again. I appreciate your time. Hey, it's a great pleasure, Shay. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. So these numbers coming out today, what strikes you? What's the big thing that you're looking at? Is it the overall trend? Uh, yes, it's the overall trend, as you pointed out, 7.6 to 7. It's still high, but it's going down. And uh, you mentioned gas prices. So if you strip out gas prices, the uh, headline inflation went from 6.6 to 6.3. So this is uh, moderately good news. It's even more interesting, actually, if you look at what's happening uh, month over month. Well, that's the thing. Because last... Yeah, I think the last time we talked, we sort of said that a lot of the headline inflation numbers contain uh, what happened actually more than six months ago yeah. when prices were just on fire. Uh, so month over month, the CPI, uh, before seasonal adjustment at least, fell by 0.3%, which is an interesting number. Now, uh, if I remember, when you were, the contention that you made when you were on is, okay, if you're going to look at uh, that big headline number year over year, you're not going to see it get back to the 2 or 3% range that the Bank of Canada wants until, I believe you said, next May. But if you're looking at month to month, we're already there, right? Uh, that's right. I mean, if yeah, even if uh, yeah, I think last time I said even if uh, prices were to flatten completely, it wouldn't uh, get back down to to target before uh, somewhere t- in the middle of next year. But if prices are actually dropping from month to month, um, that's we, we we could even get there more quickly in terms of the headline inflation numbers. So what's the anticipation here? I mean, like, there's so many different factors that go into this. If you're the Bank of Canada or, uh, you know, an economist at one of the major banks, whatever the case may be, what are they looking at? Because a lot of the analysts I'm hearing this morning, Steve, are saying, yeah, it doesn't mean hikes are over. We're not through this yet. Yeah, so I I would... I don't know whether I would hazard a guess as to what the bank is going to do, but I, I you know, we've, we've been uh, at the CD Howe, or at least personally, as David Dodge Chair, saying that, well, if things are starting to look good, if things and, and the month-over-month numbers are looking pretty good, um, it might be time to actually slow down the hikes or even take a pause to see, you know, whether, whether that's going to continue uh, and... Uh, just ease off a little bit on the break. What's the risk if we continue with it and go too far? Obviously, we can really throw the brakes on too hard and throw things into a recession, right? Yeah, that would mean, yes, breaking too hard means uh, means recession. So what the bank's trying to do is slow down growth. So we want slower growth, but we don't want negative growth. Um, 
obviously these numbers that you and I are talking about are not secret. They know how they are shaping up. So, I mean, when you, it seems to make such good sense to me what you're saying in terms of the month over month. Look at that as to where we are because that sort of, sort of shows us where we'll be six months and a year from now. Um, when the calculations are made, how, what is the overriding factor for the Bank of Canada when they take a look at, um, okay, this is what we need to do. What, do you have any idea? What, what are the numbers that they sort of put all of their emphasis on? Well, they look at everything, um, but I think we've, we've also advocated uh, a little bit in the past that the bank should actually start communicating a little bit more in terms of the the month over month numbers because that's going to have a more a better effect on people's expectations. That most of their, their when they make their announcements, they pretty much always talk about uh, you know headline inflation, which as we said is year over year and contains a lot of what went on uh, in 2021 still. Uh, so if they could highlight the fact that month-over-month uh, month inflation is dropping, uh, that would affect expectations. And uh, if people don't expect as much inflation, then firms won't be hiking their prices by quite as much and wages won't be going up by uh, as quickly either. Um, it's interesting. So actually in, in Alberta, I was looking at some of the breakdowns province by province, Month over month, uh, the consumer price index in Alberta overall fell by 0.9%. So that's, uh, I don't know if your listeners are actually noticing that. Because the downside is, uh, the, you know, the, a lot of this is still due to things that are beyond the control of the bank, which is mostly gas and uh, energy prices. Right. Unfortunately, food prices are still going up. In fact, they went up by, uh, this is nationwide, I don't have these numbers for Alberta, but they went up by 1% month over month, and that's still a fairly blistering pace. You know, if, it, if that kept up for a year, that would be, you know, 12%. So that's a bit depressing. Um yeah, there's no question that there's good news and there's bad news in there. How much, uh, when we've talked before, uncertainty has always been sort of the, one of the overriding caveats. Uh, we don't really know because of the war in Ukraine. We don't know because of the yeah. price. Of, a lot of this stuff makes it really tough to predict. Is that getting any better? Are we seeing things settle down in the whole uncertainty component at all? Um, I mean, there's, there's always uh, the risk of a huge tail event. I mean, you know, if you look at the war in Ukraine, it mm -hmm. seems like the Ukrainians have been taking back some uh, some major, making major gains in terms of territory. Uh, the downside is, you know, what happens if Putin decides to uh, uh, bomb a nuclear reactor or use a tactical nuclear weapon. I mean, but then who knows what the, you know, the, that those things, you can't put a probability number on that at all. The other problem is, I, I said that the bank should be, in terms of its communication, it would be good if it started to talk a bit more about the month-over-month -month numbers. Yeah. But those are those fluctuate quite a lot. So it's it's encouraging news, but the the uncertainty attached to those numbers is greater than uh, than year-over-year -year inflation, and that's maybe why they they emphasize that in their communications. But uh, so it's gonna, you know, we, we're we're still gonna be watching the numbers and. And hoping so. The the next uh, interest rate announcement isn't it until towards the end of October, October the twenty sixth. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. there's some time to see what happens between now and then. Um, Steve, thank you for the insight. As always, really appreciate your time.